get right to Katie Talati, head of research, Arca. Nice to see you. I wanted to talk about what we're seeing in the markets, what Russia, Ukraine, and how it's hitting crypto. Because when we saw earlier in the week, right, you saw Bitcoin jumping. People were so excited. They, I mean, there was some, so much speculation surrounding why it was moving, only to see it move back again today. Your thoughts? Hey, Nicole. Um, I mean, look, digital assets are kind of at an inflection point. What we're seeing today is essentially what Bitcoin was designed to do. It's meant to be in a, a you know, a non-sovereign asset that, you know, is kind of away from government seizure. Um, it's meant to be a way for citizens in countries that have unstable governments or unstable economies to um, put their money in something that is not connected to their own economy. Um, and this isn't the first time we've seen this. Um, we saw this previously in uh, areas like Venezuela and Argentina that was facing a lot of hyperinflation. So less, uh, you know, just government instability, but more um, economic instability. And you saw that, um, you know, Bitcoin usage was off the charts there, that premium on buying Bitcoin for the local currency was also, you know, kind of dislocating. Um, and so you started to see that at the beginning of the week, actually, um, specifically with um specifically with anybody buying Bitcoin. So in Russia, there was actually a premium at one point as high, reportedly as high as 40% um, between the price of the ruble and the price of Bitcoin. Um, and then also in Russia, um, some people have observed that the volumes on the ruble Bitcoin trade pair has gone from you know an average of about 11 million in volume to 35 million, indicating that potentially a lot of Russian citizens are looking for ways to exit their, uh, their country's uh, currency for other assets. Um, the unfortunate yeah, and that's exactly that. what I wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you took a pause there. But um, when I was saying speculation, I mean, there's really it's very clear because you can see how, um, you know, according to the experts, they're telling me, as you just said, from 11 million to 35 million, you know, you're seeing doubling, almost tripling of rubles to Bitcoin. And understandably so, because the ruble has lost so much in value, and that's why they rush to, you know, raise rates and try and um, change how their ruble is valued, um, because they're suffering with that. So now there's all these different elements and some things that we don't necessarily fully understand. And the Ukraine's government canceling an airdrop event. Explain the role on crypto on that. Is that something that you've been talking about? If not, something else that we should be watching. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ukrainian government um, accepting uh, donations in crypto was an excellent way to just get um, a lot of assets quickly, just because of the 24 seven nat uh, nature of um, digital assets and how, you know, you don't need to wait for banking hours, you don't need to wait for wires, um, you know, everything is fairly instantaneous. And I think for that reason, accepting uh, donations that way was like a great idea. Um, the cancel the airdrop was supposed to be uh, as a you know thank you to those who uh, did give um, during that donation period. Um, I believe that uh, the speculation has been that they canceled the airdrop for um, regulatory concerns um, that potentially it might be seen as some sort of a securities offering since there wasn't a clear understanding of what that airdrop token would be used for. 
Yeah, and so with that now, are you a believer? I mean, you're obviously a believer in crypto. It's a silly way to say it, but there's different ways to be involved in crypto, right? With Bitcoin, with Ether, with Coinbase, with Square, with uh, MicroStrategy. I mean, there's so many ways to do this. How do you suggest, because somebody may want to have some of this in their portfolio, right? Digital assets, as you said, are important and growing and probably a good footprint in a portfolio. How do you do it? How much? How often? Oh, wow. A loaded question. Um, I mean, look, to start, I tell everybody, uh, you know, Bitcoin is be the best place to start. Um, it's also potentially one of the least volatile digital assets that they can give themselves exposure to, but also giving themselves direct exposure to. There's also a lot of ways to purchase Bitcoin, um, more so than every other digital asset. You can purchase it through Square, uh, Cash App, now PayPal, um, or anything, Robinhood, and, mm. um, and Coinbase, and other, you know, crypto exchanges. Right. So you like you like that better than maybe ETFs that trade the futures, right? I, I think it gives people more direct exposure. And I think also that, you know, you have to remember that a lot of the futures products aren't backed by the by the physical versus if you go to an exchange um, or if you go to most exchanges and you purchase Bitcoin, you can actually then own the physical underlying asset. Um, you're not just getting kind of like that exposure to it. Um, and again, it's kind of the idea that um, I understand in some people's cases, they're like, well, I wouldn't buy, you know, a block of gold and keep it at home. But uh, with Bitcoin, you're not storing um, that piece of asset or that asset is like, you know, a heavy a brick. You're, you're, you're keeping it get digitally, but it is more portable um, than gold, um, which is why it plays so well in countries with instability um, where, you know, again, going back to Russia, there's probably citizens there that have cashed out um, their holdings into Bitcoin, but they're able to actually physically carry it with them sure. if they leave. Um, and it could be millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I definitely enjoy our conversations very much because you're so well-versed on all of this. And um, a couple of other things on your radar that you brought to our intention, for example, the sandbox, NFTs, some thoughts there. Maybe you could explain to folks what it is that you're watching, why these are important. Yeah, so for those who haven't heard of it, um, the Sandbox is a digital metaverse. Um, and basically, they have um, the ability for um, folks who want to make video or any type of game to come in um, by digital land and create their own game experience in the Sandbox metaverse, which can then uh, actually connect to other games. Um, so we think this is a very, like, really cool theme and a really interesting um, way that digital assets and NFTs are being used. Um, in, to bring kind of like gaming into like the next uh, phase. Sandbox particularly this week is doing some super interesting stuff. They actually launched what's called um, season two of their alpha. So the, the gameplay version of the game isn't live yet, um, but that is going live. Uh, this is basically like a staged um, release. And so if users want to go to their website, they can download an alpha version um, desktop to play around with the game. You can create like an avatar. You can explore what's going on. Um, I believe right now they have a few kind of experiences going on, including a club where um, a DJ Blondish is going to be playing for the next few days. Um, so it should be pretty interesting. Um, I've been watching this because when they released season one of their alpha um, late last year, we actually saw a huge spike in uh, active users and in volumes and revenue, which all hit which all hit all time highs for the sandbox. What are some of the most common questions you get from you know, younger folks, people in your generation, they, they, they must be asking you as a pro, 
you know, a million and one questions. And, you know, what's some of the most common questions and what do you mostly tell them? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the biggest one is probably like the way you asked, like, where do I start? How do I learn more? Um, I mean, the, ed mm -hmm. the education in the space, there's always so much to learn and so much to read. Yeah, yeah. And I know people are nervous about it still. I mean, you know, but every day it translates, every day it continues. There's more and more trust built in this type of investment. Um, thank you so much, Katie. It's great to chat with you. Thank you very, very much. Katie Talati, head of research at ARCA. Thanks.